welcome to the Supergirl Supercast, a part of the incomparable network of podcasts. I'm Trishy Matson, And I'm David Schaub. And I'm Deanna Chapman. And we are going to be discussing Season 4, Episode 21 of Supergirl, Red Dawn. I believe the penultimate episode. David, can you give us the recap? Alex starts remembering Kara's identity after falling asleep Netflixing with Kelly. Kara isn't captured long before Red attacks her, but Kara escapes. The show redefines triangulate to find Red's home. Alex's mum calls and is now Red's hostage. Supergirl fights Red and gets killed. Luckily, Supergirl leeches the forest plants to reanimate herself. Also, Alex remembers who Supergirl is. Lena buys a prison so she can borrow Lillian to extract Harrenel from James. After poisons and truths, Lillian agrees to help Jimmy. But for now, they'll just pump him up with more Harnell. Lena and James look for Lex while following Ben. Ben finds out that he's just Lex's pawn, and then kills Otis before James and Lena can get answers. Brainy Dreamer and John look for missing aliens. They Wookiee gambit their way into being captured. Unfortunately, Brainy's torture reboots him into an emotionless state. He sends Dreamer John off to get transmatted to who knows where. Oh, and Lex has apparently killed Red and fought off the Kaznians. Yep. Um. <laughs> a lot happened. <laughs> yes, quite a lot happened. I was not expecting them to introduce a new supervillain at this point. Brainy becoming Brainiac 5. It's a good question as to what that's going to be, because they could make him a bad guy for one more episode and then they help him, or they can make having him get better part of next season, or they can have him be the big baddie for next season. Lots of options. <laughs> I think that is one thing that they might leave us off with a cliffhanger for in the next episode, because there are so many other things that they have to wrap up, I feel like, with this season and with one episode left, you know, based on everything that happened in this episode. They still have a lot to do. Supergirl needs to recover. Red Daughter is out for the count right now. And I don't really know how they are going to pack everything into a finale without leaving a few things as loose ends to pick up in season five, which we'll have a lot to do, too, because of what event it's leading up to. <laughs> I was going to say that not very much got sorted out in this episode, but that's not really true. For the most part, all that changes is Alex remembering who Supergirl is, so that loose end is now finally done. But then they have this thing starting in the penultimate episode of Brainy becoming Brainiac 5, and just adding one more loose end to sort out in the last episode. But then I did remember at the very end of the episode, they do clear off an enormous amount of plots if they actually are saying Red's been killed and all of the Kasdians have been defeated and just all of that is gone. At which point I was going, are you really wrapping it up that quickly? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was shocked that they did it. Well, I don't know if Red is really dead or not, but it does seem that the... Uh, Krasnian invasion, which we were all wondering how they could handle in, you know, just the last couple of episodes. Uh, they, they did it off screen. <laughs> Entirely off screen. That's the really cheap way of doing it. Yes. And yes, it's very hard, apparently, to keep a Supergirl dead. <laughs> Who knows what Red State actually is? I certainly hope she's not dead. That would be so sad to take that character and do all that work with her and just have her killed off screen. I find it 
very hard to believe that they would throw away all that character building like that and all the unresolved uh, loose threads like Mikael and, uh, you know, the basic realization that uh, that Red apparently still has to make that, you know, when she when she came to life saying the word Alex, she was not talking about Lex Luthor. She was talking about our Alex Danvers. Um, yeah, so that would be extremely disappointing if that were it. Although I guess maybe she could be in cold storage and we wouldn't see her again until ne next season sometime. Well, if she's not dead, she certainly knows that she was betrayed now. Yeah, one would hope that would be more <laughs> obvious to her. Yeah, even if Lex didn't tell her what was going on, even if, if he uh, had her somewhere watching, she knows that the Krasian invasion was all just a big setup for Lex to make himself a hero. It's unclear to me if him making himself a hero that way really does much good in the public's eye. Does that really make Lex now a good guy? Uh, this plan is just weak. <laughs> well, the thing is, if there had been a bigger buildup for the Kosnian invasion and um, uh, Americans were worried about being invaded and stuff, that would be more effective for whoever ends the invasion to become a hero but for it to be the same news bite that oh by the way this little country was invading us oh by the way lex luther the notorious criminal mastermind saved us um, <laughs> uh, i don't think it's going to have the same impact in the american eye it's not the fear that everyone's been fearing all season right i feel like the general public would have to consist of a lot of Eve test mockers for them to really believe that Lex is a good guy. <laughs> well, to be fair, the general public does probably contain a lot of Eve test mockers these days. True. So many. All of them. <laughs> Shall we walk through the episode a little bit? Yeah, let's do that. So Alex is telling Kelly that she dreamed of her sister uh, who was adopted and she says... Uh, uh, it's weird. The last time she felt like this, uh, she was being questioned at the DEO. So, Alex, well, if we're going chronologically, do you want to go scene by scene? Uh, we don't need to go to that level of detail. I think it is nice seeing the teen Kara and Alex again. I, I think these two actors do a really good job with the two characters. It is a believable thing that we're seeing. We saw them in the past episode before and we're seeing them again now but we know it's the past because they're carrying around an ipod so they've made it very clear <laughs> that it's the past i think they did a fair job of chatting and yet being the same characters mm -hmm. so that was a setup for later memories but uh, going next we pick up the thread with uh oh yeah the president had reporter cara danvers black bagged and she uh is taken to some room and an agent is questioning her, and uh, she's saying, You can't do this. This is America. And besides, I kept copies, despite telling the president that I didn't keep any copies. <laughs> good, Kara. Good. <laughs> but it does her no good because the um, uh, they say that they scrubbed the CatCo servers. I hope that means they just took those files out and didn't entirely crash all of CatCo. You never know. <laughs> but <laughs> you never know. 
Um, anyway, uh, Kara breaks loose, and then Red Daughter, in a brunette wig for some reason, opens up a briefcase full of kryptonite, and Kara is down for the count. The brunette wig I liked, and I still quite like the acting for Red. I still think using kryptonite is a bit questionable when it affects both of them, if perhaps not equally. Bad weapon of choice. At the same time, though, what else is she going to use? Well, then you should just send someone else with kryptonite. <laughs> like, <it's> just... <laughs> yeah. Um, I wonder if Lex is aware that this is going on, because you'd think that Lex would have figured out some other way to do that. Um, I think Lex sent her. Okay. Well, I was just wondering because Red Daughter has so much unresolved stuff with Supergirl. Um, and she does... I, I quite liked the reverse on the uh, villain monologue where um, uh, Kara is trying to emphasize that they share blood and genes. And uh, Red Daughter says, I see this is the part where you say... We are not so different, you and I. <laughs> <laughs> so I liked her bouncing that back off onto Kara. That was fun. Anyway, um, she rejects uh, Kara's assertion that Lex is evil. Lex just did what he had to do to protect the world. And Red Daughter, you know, why don't you just kill me, says Kara. And Red Daughter says, I want you to admit that you were wrong and America is corrupt. Um, and then Kara has her hero moment where, yes, she's sitting there with a lump of glowing green kryptonite in her lap, but she says she's been learning how to, you know, she's been menaced with kryptonite for 15 years. Um, and, uh, you know, so she is able to overcome this and fly away. I'm pretty sure we've seen every single occurrence that Kara's actually had to fight off kryptonite. It's not been that many. <laughs> it's not like people walk around the town with kryptonite on their backs all the time, making her feel weak. I don't know. Yeah. I like the scene. It is a good hero moment. And it does make some sense that Kara at least has some experience sort of fighting off the effects of kryptonite. It still works. And she doesn't try to do a lot. She just tries to escape. And that's fine. Right. I, I approved of her just escaping and regrouping. So she goes to uh, John Jones and says that, you know, Lex wants me dead, so Alex is in danger, so I have to tell her about my uh, secret identity after all. And John Jones says, you can't, I closed off the neural pathways and she's already healed from that and, you know, telling her will just traumatize her and maybe give her a split personality, blah blah blah. Was this scene needed at all? <laughs> it it wasn't actually i had the thought when you know he said maybe if she dreams it or remembers it on her own and i was thinking hey this would be a really cool way to go back to dreamer using dream powers instead of <laughs> channeling it into neural whips or whatever because you know maybe dreamer could help alex uh with her dreams and and help her remember stuff somehow but no, they completely dropped that and didn't do anything with it. I would say that was probably the most unnecessary scene in this episode. And, you know, there weren't too many unnecessary scenes. So that's not 
necessarily a big knock on this episode because I actually enjoyed this quite a bit, but it was just like, wait, didn't we just see Alex starting to figure things out? You know, <laughs> like, do we need to be told this? It almost feels like a continuity error. They're telling us about this after they've already introduced it happening. It's like, but we've already seen that. <laughs> yeah. We know. It's yeah. okay. <laughs> and later on, we're going to get to more continuity oddities in this episode. I quite like this episode. I like it a lot more than the last episode. Agreed. But the ordering of some of the activities seem a little strange. Going to another unnecessary scene where Lena had bought the prison, as you say. Uh, so it's a great, great uh, public-private prison partnerships. Um, <laughs> see, so that she could get Lena to, uh, sorry, get Lillian to fix James and maybe Ben Lockwood too for her. We didn't really need this in that I'm sure Lena could have whipped it up, whipped up the cure herself. And I'm very frustrated that they said that uh, Lex could do it, but Lena couldn't for some mental block reason or something like that. But I did enjoy, as always, the interplay between Lillian and Lena. Lena puts a, a truth seeker alien thing on her so that she has to tell the truth and Lillian finally admits that she loves Lena. Um, uh, meanwhile, Lena, who has not taken a truth seeker anything, tells Lillian that she's injected her with a neurotoxin and unless she you know, does well enough to get the antidote, she'll die. Oh, and at the end, uh, Lillian says, oh, I know you, you didn't really, um, give me a neurotoxin. And, and Lena says, drink this. You better drink this. <laughs> she absolutely gave her the neurotoxin. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so even though I don't like, uh, D you know, lowering Lena's capabilities. Um, she should have been able to fix this on her own. Uh, even though that, I still just enjoyed having Lena back for a guest appearance. I mean, having Lillian back. Having Lillian back was worth it, even though I do agree with you that having Lena fail at this is kind of unnecessary. My favorite line was Lillian screaming out, couldn't you just waterboard me like a normal person? <laughs> totally Lillian's normal. definition of normal. <laughs> I like the fact that the show is going to have Lillian love her, even if it is her somewhat warped view of love. Yeah, exactly. She might actually mean it, but it might not mean the same thing for normal people if she thinks normal people waterboard people. <laughs> <laughs> My challenge with this scene is going back to the ordering of it. Because at this point, is there actually any evidence that the Harnell is bad for James? I'm not entirely sure. Yeah, I mean, he's been having flashbacks but he also, uh, and, and pain, but that could just as well just be from the mental trauma that he's had. I got the impression that after the Mind Palace work, he had kind of stabilized with the Harnell, and they hadn't decided until this episode that, oh no, the Harnell is actually going to probably eat Ben and James up and they're going to have to extract them. But I don't know if they actually gave any impression about that earlier. Before, it was like, maybe James is going to be powered ongoing. And I was like, well, okay, maybe they'll have to roll that back. I think they did a better job of showing how it was affecting Ben negatively mm -hmm. than they did with James. And I don't know if that's just because, you know, 
James is a bigger guy, so maybe it didn't hit him the same way it hit Ben. But yeah, it's one of those things where it's like, do you really know what you're doing with any of this stuff? (laughs) Well, Lena and Lillian should. James got some kind of refined version of the Haranil. And Ben and, just took uh, a straight uh, up dose. <laughs> original fuel formula or whatever. <laughs> it just seems strange to me that there was this assumption of needing to do it. And at the end of the episode, we get that, yes, something is going to be needed. There wasn't really any evidence of it at the point where Lena was like getting Lillian. It just seemed a bit strange. Yeah. Was James maybe still getting those like nasty headaches he seemed to be getting? I don't think we saw them. Okay. I have no idea then. (laughs) (laughs) So Lena, for some reason, confronts Ben Lockwood on her own and uh, tells him about uh, the president working with Lex. And, you know, she's trying to get Ben to tell her about Lex. And Lex, I mean, Ben is saying, I don't know anything about this. What are you talking about? But she convinces him that, yes, he's been working for Lex all along. And he... Uh, he denies it, but then she sees, sees him burning rubber out of the parking lot, and uh, she and James follow him. It was curious to me why James just stayed in the car, if he was there. It's like, why would you let Lena go up to this crazy guy by herself? Yeah. Crazy superpowered guy. Even worse now. <laughs> Maybe having James around another superpowered guy would make it more likely that there would be a fight with Ben, but... Ben is just, you know, wrapped too loosely around the handle these days. I would not, I would, you know, I don't think that Lena should have bet her life on uh, going up to talk to him alone. Yeah. But it worked out okay, I guess. <laughs> I'll buy that Lena was judging the risks and made the call. Good point. Okay. And now I think we get on to John and Brainy and Dreamer. Mm-hmm. So many things. <laughs> I enjoyed Brainy's naivete in uh, saying that, you know, I have to tell her how I love her, tell her that I love her, because if I tell her that that I love her, then that will relieve the pressure and I'll be able to get back to normal functioning. (laughs) Even better is the next line he does. I need to get this out of my system before all the punching and exploding starts. (laughs) Some great logic right there. Uh, Unfortunately, the logic just gets worse. (laughs) (laughs) And then it gets emotionless. The plan of the Wookiee Gambit, which is a fine, fine phrase, and it's funny having this interplay about Star Wars. It's all fine. Having John there to do the Wookiee Gambit was a bad idea, but having the dependency on the image inducer for the Wookiee Gambit was obviously going to fail. Right. <laughs> it was a terrible idea. It was a terrible idea. The, the, the DEO and the Agents of Liberty, everybody knows about image inducers. They, they, it's been a major plot point for months. It's just so, disappointing yeah. that they tried such a stupid version of the plan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they get caught. Of course. <laughs> of course. Wouldn't be any fun if they didn't. Well, Brainy and Dreamer do do because they had t- they had said no, we're not going to do that, and uh, Jean went off to scout, and then Nia saw the little girl from her dream, and they decided for some reason that that meant they had to go right in right then and there without consulting Jean on it, which still makes no sense. <laughs> Just none of it. 
Ah. <laughs> so they they separate uh, Brainy and Dreamer and put Brainy in a chair. And I think they're doing a combination of electrical shock and and just, you know, punching him in the head. Um, <laughs> knocks something loose. Knocked loose his ancestral uh, evil, evil overlord racial memories or something. And then he... Uh, I don't know if he kills everyone or just knocks everyone unconscious, but... I was watching carefully the second time, and it's like, I think he picked up a gun at some point and hit someone with it. So for whatever reason, they didn't have him kill anyone. I mean, maybe they're being put into comas and they may not wake up, but who knows? That's normal. Right. I mean, you hit somebody in the head with a foot-long wrench. Um. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I think they decided to not have him kill anyone. I mean, that might just be the show's style. But it's unclear whether Brainiac... Now that he sort of kicked back to being a more true, emotionless Brainiac 5 instead of Brainy, whether he's a bad person or just an immoral person. And we don't quite know the motivation versus his style yet. True, but if he doesn't have emotions and loyalties, I'm not sure. Even if he is still on Team Protect Aliens' side... Uh, who knows how long he will stay there. They could do anything with Brainiac 5 they want to now. Yeah, I did like JJ come, Jean Jones comes in and says, what happened? And Brainy says, I am free. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's one of those things where it's like, okay, was this a full system reboot? Was it just a hard reset? Like in terms of just, you know, like, resetting your phone or computer or something it's like okay how much of the brainy that we've come to know over these last however many episodes that he's been in is still there or is it just everything is completely wiped and it's just all of the history that he has because he remembers everything but if he remembers everything you think he would remember all of the stuff that happened before the reboot <laughs> my impression was they just turned off his emotions, and freed up his full powers. And that was it. Like, I was wondering, okay. is he actually going to be a true brainiac and he's going to now just try and eat the planet or something like that? I don't know if that's where it is or if he's going to now try and contact his home world in the past, mm. which could involve a brainiac coming and attacking Earth if he does that, which they could do that if they wanted. So there's lots of options. I'm under the impression that this is still Brainy's brain. It just has his emotions turned off. Got it. And maybe morals. Yeah, so maybe they flipped a couple switches, but that's it. Yeah, that was my impression. Makes sense. It's a really a surprise raising of the stakes, though, for the penultimate episode. Yeah, definitely. It worked, though. It was scary. It was creepy. Uh, it, it, it was creepy. I was... I was... Uh, you know, interested and excited when I realized what they were doing with it. I just don't know how, whether they're, you know, how much of a plot point it's going to be this season or how whether it will continue into the next. So, um, next we have Kara, Alex, and Haley uh, tracking Red Daughter. She's been busy. Um, Supergirl went to the DEO. And then they met up with Alex and Haley, but everyone seemed to be on side with actually working together on this because 
really, Lex is obviously the problem. And this is also where they do a couple things that just blew my mind. One was they used Supergirl's solar power signature as a way of tracking where Red has been. Right. At which point I'm super confused because I'm pretty sure that'll point to absolutely every place the car has been constantly. And they kind of ignore that entirely. Maybe they'll bring that up next episode or next season. But what in the world are they doing? And if DEO can do that, why didn't they track down, you know, uh, public enemy number one Supergirl before with that? Well, they had her on a machine for a while, so they probably needed her around in order to record what that signature looked like in order to track it. Yeah. They needed Supergirl to help do that. But they're looking at historic information, though, which still should show up as much of where Kara goes as to where Red goes. They then talk about, like, these hits that have been going on, taking out the designers of the satellite weapon, and they're triangulating that to find her address. And at that point, I'm going, what's going on here? Science. (laughs) (laughs) That's not science. That's the writers didn't know what else to do here. So they just used the word triangulation. Yeah, something. Anyway, Supergirl flies off. Um, Alex uh, goes to uh, Red Daughter's apartment and realizes that she's been sort of stalking Kara and freaks out. She likes to freak out about people finding out her identity. She does it every episode now. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So anyway, Supergirl confronting Red Daughter... uh, uh, asks Red Daughter about Mikael, um, which I don't remember how Kara ever heard of Mikael, but whatever. Um, she found the diary at Red's house. Oh, that's right, the and diary. That had his picture. Yeah. So she suddenly had a bunch more information about that, which she could then bring up, but she only had like half the information. Right, right. So uh, Red Daughter is, of of course, infuriated by this and says that the Americans killed Mikhail and uh, uh, fight, fight. And uh, uh, while while they are fighting and Kara is losing, uh, Alex is on her motorcycle trying to get to the fight. And Kara loses and, in fact, looks not only unconscious but kind of dead. Alex runs to her and is crying and, well, is she crying? I don't know, but she's, her voice is certainly fraught with emotion as she says, you know, I know you don't quit, so you can't go now. Um, Eliza runs up and looks horrified. Oh, yeah, somehow I cut out a bunch of notes I cut here because I, I missed the part where um, the phone call from uh, from Eliza, Mom Danvers, uh, and... Alex and Haley and Kara all realized that uh, Red Daughter was with Eliza. Right. I mean, effectively, all this leads to a fight. And grass. And grass. (laughs) Away from the city, which is convenient. And their fight, for the most part, I thought was okay. It's really hard to tell in these fights what hits are supposed to actually be causing them damage and what hits they can just sort of take and brush off. But either way, Supergirl is losing this fight. Very much Mm -hmm. so. (laughs) Realistically, I don't know what Lex has told Red, but Lex's plan obviously needs Kara and Supergirl dead because he can't go and defeat Red saying he defeated Supergirl and have Supergirl still being around. So then clearly 
he's not aware that she's not actually dead because by the time Red Daughter leaves, she is under the impression that Supergirl is dead. She can't hear a heartbeat anymore. And she has no idea that the grass is going to save her life, which I wasn't really expecting either, but it happened. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, she listens to the heartbeat stop. And by the time she might have wanted to do something else to make sure she was dead, she was, I think, being impacted by what she was watching with Alex. Alex was, I think, emotionally impacting Red, and therefore Red is just, I think, wanted to be out of there. But I have to say, when Alex was, yeah, shoving grass into (laughs) Supergirl's hand, I don't know, Alex, that looked a little far gone. So it was pretty shocking to me also when it worked. Yeah, when Eliza showed up, I was expecting something a little more sciencey to happen, you know, but then she just kind of stood there. And then we were just looking at all of this grass and I was like, oh, okay, that was not the reaction I was expecting to any of this. But it works, apparently, because, again, science. (laughs) Right. I mean, very technically, you know, plants do store sunlight in the form of chlorophyll. (laughs) But, I mean, um, okay. I really (laughs) liked the emotions that Alex was putting across, the way she was sounding kind of irrational and and saying, look, here's grass, there's sunlight here, Uh, you know, don't leave me, don't leave me. I really liked the emotions uh, of the scene. Um... And I was willing to turn off analytical brain for that. Supergirl seems far more efficient or something about dealing with light. Like, she generally is a better light capacitor than Superman. But, uh, yeah, pulling the sort of ATP from the chlorophylled sunlight from all the plants. At least I wanted all the forest around them to die. And she basically is a plant vampire. I wanted to see something there, but it was a surprise. And all we can do is give the show it. Yeah. Leaves us with some stuff to answer in the finale. So, you know, there is that at least. Yeah. I think it's pretty wild that it's implied that the aliens are actually being refined into the power cells for the Lexosuit. That was pretty exceptionally creepy. Yeah, I was not sure whether they meant that the aliens were being completely destroyed. Like this transmat portal thing was actually not a portal at all, but just converting them to energy or if they're just that's definitely a portal but it's just a question of what's going to happen on the other side of the portal right i mean there was some talk in an earlier episode where the agents of liberty or children of liberty whatever they are uh just wanted to send all the aliens off planet so maybe this is what they're doing there but that that doesn't explain the energy harvesting. Um, but, uh, I mean, it seems like a weird way to try to get energy because they're all going to have different kinds of energy. I don't, it seems like you'd lose a lot in the conversion. <laughs> I'm assuming that that portal basically is going into some industrial complex, which is doing something very bad with the aliens. And that's all we really need to know. Okay. We're going to have to go to that place. It's probably where Lex is, or Lex has been frequently. It's probably where Eve is, and there's going to be a big confrontation there next episode. 
exactly how the machine works. Let's just not think about it. <laughs> Probably for <Okay>. the best. <laughs> anyway, we see Dreamer being herded along toward the portal with many other people, and she looks extremely both upset and stony-faced at the same time, which is a pretty neat effect. Um, even if our friend Brainy ever comes back, I don't I think he's going to have an extremely rocky road if he tries to actually have a relationship with Nia after this. I expect it's recoverable, but not easily. It'll take some time, and I actually kind of like that they've been letting some of the storylines play out not as quickly as I expected, like with Alex starting to remember that Kara is Supergirl. That took a lot longer than I expected because I believe in one of the recent episodes we were discussing i was like oh yeah i forgot alex doesn't know because they kept it going for so long <laughs> but it does leave us with a lot of loose ends that they may or may not try and tie off in the next episode i have a short list we have ben going after lex brainiac 5 is going to be going after lex now they may or may not be able to save brainy john and dreamer have probably been sent to some factory where lex is the president has to go down, Ben has to go down, the Children of Liberty have to go down, Supergirl needs to prove herself innocent still, luckily she's alive, that probably helps, and for heaven's sake, Lena needs to find out who Kara is. Yes, please, <laughs> I will be so upset if they leave that hanging over until season five. It's just, they've just got to resolve it. If I wasn't such a completionist please. with these dang CW shows... If they didn't tell Lena, I'd probably give up the show. Like, not going to lie, it's bugging me that much. But the completionist in me probably wouldn't let me do that anyway. <laughs> I couldn't do that, I don't think. But boy, it'll hurt. Yeah. I do know that they have some stuff planned with Children of Liberty next episode, for sure. Because I have seen the stills from the episode. And... I think there's a new new suit coming for Supergirl. At least I think it looked new. I don't know. She's had a few that, you know, she kind of only uses once or twice and then we don't see them again. So I'm hoping it's her anyway and not Red Daughter. I don't know. <laughs> Hard to tell <laughs> just from pictures. <laughs> of the things that are going to get sorted out in the next episode, it's almost certainly going to be the president and Ben and the Children of Liberty because it just in all likelihood... Those actors are probably only been contracted for part of the season. I would love to mm -hmm. have them keep Lex for at least another season. I feel like because of the caliber of villain that he is, it would kind of be a shame to only get him in the back half of a season, even if they've, you know, been talking about him here and there throughout the show because it's, you know, Supergirl and it's Lex. So, you know, he's not going to just not be mentioned well, there are still talks about whether there will be a Superman TV show coming up soon as well. DC is killing me. <laughs> well, we don't know how many shows are stopping next year or soon also, though, so it's hard to say how that'll play out. I know Arrow is for sure ending, and then they just bumped Batwoman up to a full series order, if I'm not mistaken, or at least, you know, a 13-episode first season, which I think they did with Black Lightning. Instead of, you know, giving them these 20 plus episode seasons. So there is a lot. Mm -hmm. Peak superhero, anyone? Is it possible to be beyond the peak? 
(laughs) (laughs) Well, our our sister uh, podcast or or brother podcast or whatever it is, uh, the Speedy Arrowcast um, has announced that they are no longer going to be covering just Arrow and next year and having, you know, uh, wrap-ups of other superhero stuff at the end. They're going to an all-superhero discussion, you know, not even just the CW shows. They're going to be talking about everything on their new show. They're going full (laughs) Beth. But I think we can maybe corner the uh, (laughs) CW shows now. Or at least, you know, I, I certainly don't want to cover Arrow next season at all. But uh, we can do a little more talking about Batwoman next year. You know, see how it goes. Maybe little codas at the end of our Supergirl uh, podcasts. There was the trailer for the pilot for Batwoman. And it looked better, I think, than it went in Elseworld. I, I think it looked a little more interesting and a little more refined. I also recently read one of the Batwoman trade books, which I think covers a lot of the material. The stuff that was sort of used as a pastiche that's going into the Batwoman TV show. And it's all pretty good stuff. So I'm looking forward to Batwoman. Yeah, I saw the trailer too, and it seemed to be heavy on attitude and not... Uh not forthcoming much about um other stuff there there only seem to be dynamics between her and her father um and maybe a woman that might be a love interest but one of the things that i really like about a lot of the cw shows is that most of them have big teams and i really enjoy the interplay between a lot of characters if uh if Batwoman turns out to be mostly just a show about her, I think it'll be harder to sustain interest. Yeah, there have been some recent comics that have Batwoman leading a team, but I also think that really depends on how much of the Bat family DC wants to give to the CW. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, Batman has obviously been alluded to, but I don't really think we'll see him no. on the small screen. and. Who knows if they have plans for one of the 800 Robins in the movies. (laughs) They haven't really done anything with the Robins in quite some time. So I have no idea how they are going to play that out. If it's going to be something where because of her relationship with her father, maybe there's more of a military angle, kind of like how Arrow every once in a while uses Argus resources or something like that. So yeah, there, there's quite a few different possibilities there. But you know, I'm trying to reserve judgment for when I actually see an episode because I don't believe trailers all the time now, especially since you know, some big movie ones are like, Oh, we're gonna show you this, but it's not actually gonna be in the movie. Sorry. That's so infuriating. I mean, I hate trailers that give away the whole plot and now you don't need to see the movie anymore. (laughs) (laughs) But to outright lie about what's in the movie is just wrong. They don't know that it might not be in the movie sometimes. Yeah, sometimes (laughs) it just gets cut later due to time. (laughs) Yeah. But we'll see. Okay, well, right. So one more episode, a lot of stuff to either wrap up 
or carry over to next season. And there are some things we've already talked about how much we do not want them to carry over to the next season. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I guess we'll just have to wait and see. As always, it's been fun discussing the show with you two. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you for having me back. Hopefully I will make it back for the uh, finale here. Yep. Um, Hopefully. And thanks to uh, our audio editor. Is that you this time, Deanna? Yes. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Thanks in advance. And uh, thank you to our listeners, of course. Uh, And uh, we hope that you will continue the conversation with us on either Twitter at SG Supercast or on Slack, the incomparable members uh, Slack uh, on the TV channel. And we'll be talking to you. Bye-bye. Bye.